Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Good, good, good. So glad you're here today. I'm going to start my new favorite series today. It's called Say What? Everybody say, Say What? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Good deal. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. We're going to pray. And uh, how many of you know our help comes from the Lord? Let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. I thank you for every person here. Lord, I believe with all my heart that you've ordered our steps. You've guided us. You got us here. And I believe that you have something in mind. You have something in your heart. I believe there's kingdom business to be done. And there's a redeeming purpose that you have for every one of us today. And so, God, here we are in this place. We have lifted you up. And, Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for uh, your word, for your people. Thank you for that holy intersection of those things. Do something holy. Do something lasting in every one of us, for every one of us, through every one of us today. And we just thank you in advance for that. And Lord, we pray once again that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you'd be pleased, that you'd be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. And amen. Help me give a big welcome to our online and East Campus. Come on, big welcome. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us today. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're beginning, as I said, this new series called Say What? Um, Say What? And uh, my voice just is still changing. That's why that that's why it happened. And we're we're talking about some vital conversations in life. And uh, you'll see where we're kind of going with this today. Let's go ahead and dive right into the scripture. We'll go to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who indulge in it will have the results, the consequence of it. Look at it in the message paraphrase. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Come on, help me out. You choose, you choose. So guess what? Not only do we have the power of words, but words have power. And words are a huge uh, factor in our lives. We're going to see that as we go along. Um, Words could be what's messed up in in your situations. We'll see that as well as, as we go. We have been given not only the ability of words and conversation, but we've been given the responsibility of that as well. And so I think if we kind of scope out the landscape on this, this will help us. Now, typically, as we use words, we use them in conversation. Now, conversation for some of y'all is a new idea. Some people are hit and run, you know, it's just like you say what you want to say, and then you shut down and leave. And uh, that's not the way it the way it works. That's why most people around you are not happy, okay, uh, happy with you. So 
it plays out in conversation. I want you to get this key statement right here, that conversations, they uh, uh, impact and they determine not only the direction of our life, but the quality of our life. So hear that again. Our conversations, our use of words in these settings, they impact and they also determine the direction, where are you going, and the quality, how's it going, of your life. And sometimes we fail to come back and see that maybe there's something we need to change. We have some things that are not working, relationships not working, certain things not working quite right, and we just keep plodding on doing the same things. And sometimes we have to back up a little bit and see that a, a change, an adjustment would help us there. And I would, I would uh, project to you today that words could be a big, big issue. So our conversations, they affect, uh, they determine so much about our lives. Uh, a job interview. How many of you know that going into a job interview, you probably should communicate pretty well? I mean, you need to present yourself well. You need to listen as well, and it needs to be interactive and so forth. Relationships demand that we have uh, good communication. Uh, Problem-solving, you know, communication. Conflict resolution. Uh, Sharing an idea. Casting vision. You know, leading others, helping others. Communication is very vital there. Uh, I'll tell you a real-life story. I won't give you all the detail, but even ask, asking someone out, conversation matters. Are, are y'all here? <laughs> so, ninth grade, uh, how many of you remember the rotary dial telephone? <laughs> okay, it was last century. We had one, state-of-the-art. And uh, ours had a party line. How many of you know what a party line was, too? It's like, so, you know. So anyway, I was going to call this girl and ask her out. Ninth grade. So, how many of you know what I'm doing? And what is it? Seven numbers? I always get to about six and then just hang up, you know? So then I got my full nerve up, so I called all the way through. She answers the phone. I went, hi, it's me. I mean, Tim Gilligan. I love you. I mean, I mean, we're in science class together. And then by then I lost all nerve, and so I just asked her, do we have any homework? We never, ever spoke again in person the rest of my life. Conversation matters, y'all. Amen. Well, conversations take place in four essential arenas of our life. And that's what we're going to explore in this series. And uh, let me just map these out for you real quick. The first one is conversation with God. Second is conversation with our self. This would be self-talk. Very, very vital. Conversation with the enemy of our souls, and then conversation with others. And sure, there's subcategories all the way through there, I'm sure. What a lot of people do is they leave out this vital conversation. Now, all of these, I would use the word again, are vital. But this conversation with God, of course, obviously would be key. 
And if we don't have this one right, then this one's really going to be messed up. Your self-talk's really going to be messed up. And when your self-talk's messed up, you're not even going to know how to interact or even be aware that you have an enemy of your soul. And then things are going to be really messed up with others. Amen? Because how many of you know if you're messed up, you're going to mess it up with others? You know, the Bible even talks about in the book of James, it said, where do wars and fightings come from among you? Do, not, do they not come from conflict within you? And so, you know, this is just absolutely vital, self-talk. We're going to know how to address the enemy. We're going to know how to speak in life-giving ways to people around us. But it begins with this conversation with God. Now, let's, let's memorize these real quick conversations with, come on, read it with me, with God, with self, with the enemy, with others. Do you have it memorized? You got it memorized? Do you? Are y'all? Y'all got it now? Okay. So it's with who? It's with God, self, enemies, other. Okay. You had it. You got it. Good job. Good job. Okay. Now keep that in mind. And I want to overlay on top of that. And we've taught this for decades. There are three, three basic needs that every individual, every individual has in their life. And the first one is right here, intimacy with God. The second is intimacy with others. And third would be self-worth. Now you can see that connection with those conversation arenas. And then we have this intimacy with God, intimacy with others, self-worth. Clear up this word for you because we have a warped culture Intimacy actually has to do with safe and close. It's where you want to be. It's where you are wanted. And uh, as you're known and you know, and it, it's, it's uh, like I said, a safe, healthy place. So you want intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self-worth. Notice, though, that these three right here, the enemy, remember the, the other uh, conversational arena, the enemy works to interfere with all of these. He wants to interfere here, here, and here. And so I don't know if he's jealous because he's excluded. Of course he's jealous. Uh, But we want to find out how to interact with this and make this happen. Now look with me in Mark chapter 12. All three of those needs are addressed. Jesus answered him, the first, the most important of all the commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Go ahead. And you shall, here we go. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So that's intimacy with God. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor, intimacy with your neighbor, as, let me insert, as you love yourself, there is no other commandment greater than these. So right there we see intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self-worth. And again, go back to this idea. You can't love others if you can't stand yourself. You can have quick, polite, surface-level interaction with folks. So good to see you. (laughs) And inside you go, I can't stand being here. You know, whatever it would be. But see, it all goes together. So that self-conversation is very important as well. Now, let's go ahead and we're going to dive into the example of Jesus. Let's look in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were, come on, they were astonished at his teaching, 
for his word possessed authority. In the New Testament Greek, they were stunned. They were so impacted, they were just amazed. This would be a goal. How many of you would like the words that you share with other people to actually impact them? Instead of them saying, I'm sorry, you've said something? You know, we want it to have some impact. We want it to be life-giving for the people around us. So here we are, Jesus speaking to others. They are astonished. They're stunned. So let's back up from here. Notice we're in Luke chapter 4, verse 31, 32. Let's back up, back down to verse 17. And it says, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, to Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Watch this. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Notice what he says now. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, okay? So now, not only has he spoke to others and they were astonished, we back up a little bit and we see this is some pretty healthy self-talk. This is pretty healthy uh, view of himself and of his mission. Let's back up a little bit more. In Luke chapter 4, earlier in chapter 4, verse 1 through 13, Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Spirit, and there he's... He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's tempted by the devil, okay? So here's conversation with the enemy. And notice that it's three temptations. And those three temptations, as a teaching for another time, represent the three categories of all temptation. They're all going to fall under those three. Jesus hammered him back on every temptation. How did he do it? He said, I think I will say that. No, he quoted he quoted the Father, and he said every time he says, it is what? It is written. It is written. Okay? So we have that taking place where he's in some conversation with the enemy. Back up from there into chapter 3. And we said, now, when all the people were baptized, I'll come back to this in a moment, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized, Jesus was baptized, and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him, in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. So, let's do this. Before he spoke amazing words to other people, and before uh, he, he demonstrated, he showcased some solid, healthy, purposeful self-talk, and before he hit home runs off of three trick pitches by the enemy. Before all of that, what did he do? He had conversation with the Father. He had conversation with the Father. Now let's flow back the other way. Conversation with the Father set him up, whatever the order would be after that, set him up so he could have proper conversation with the enemy. He had proper self-talk. And he was able to speak in such a way that was life-giving and impactful for other people. Amen. Now, let me talk about baptism just for a moment. How many of you have heard this statement before? With this ring, I the... I the way. Well, how many of you know the, the ring is not the wedding? And the ring is not the marriage. The ring is a symbol. 
The ring is a symbol. It's the vows that make the marriage. You know, when I do, when I perform a, a wedding, you know, I'm very serious about that, you know, and I'm having them, you're saying something from your heart and your mind, look at each other, don't look at me, you know, and, and, and to make them say this, and it's the vows, is that commitment, that makes the marriage, and the ring is the symbol. So when you believe in your heart and you pray, you, you speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you are saved. And so that's the vows, that's the marriage, so to speak, that brings you into new life, into being saved. And then the symbol of that, though, is baptism. And baptism is an extreme thing. You know, baptism is you're going to get wet in front of friends. And so, but what you're doing is, and, and Jesus chose this uh, illustration for us, you're identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead raises you and gives you the power to live in newness of life. So when you get baptized, then what you're doing, you're saying, I believe and I've decided I'm following Jesus. And it's an outward visible sign of what has taken place in your life. And so baptism's a big thing. And we love baptism. It's a celebration. So what we're going to do this coming uh, uh, Wednesday night, first Wednesday, we're having uh, a baptism blowout. So what we're doing, you can start gathering around 6.30 or so, and then 7, uh, we're going to have uh, inflatables, and so that's like bounce houses and slides and all kinds of stuff for, for kids. That'll be going on. Music will be playing. Food trucks will be there. Uh, and then we'll be out, not in here, we'll be out there. There'll be a big stage set up. We'll have worship team all ready to go. Then about 7 o'clock, we're going to crank up some worship. We're going to sing out loud outside. We're going to have three big pools set up for baptism. We'll have all of our pastors ready to go on that. And then we're going to baptize a whole bunch of people. And so if you have never been baptized, here was my case. I got baptized as a kid, didn't remember it, didn't mean a thing to me. And then later when it did mean something to me, then I wanted to get baptized and it's memorable. Uh, you got baptized, but you've been away from the Lord. The Bible says you can repent and be baptized. Come back to the Lord. You got born again, or you've given your life to Jesus recently. You know, do that. That's, you know, Jesus modeled it. Jesus commanded it. It's a powerful thing. It just kind of, you know, it puts the ring for the ceremony. You know, it's an awesome thing in that way. So uh, if that would be you and you want to get baptized, get signed up for Wednesday, okay, so we can plan appropriately. You can do that at guest services. You can come up and talk to one of our prayer team members after service today, or you can even do it online. And then I forgot to tell you this part, too. Because it's a celebration, once we finish baptism, you know what we're going to do? We are going to light up the sky. We have fireworks, y'all. We have fireworks. And it's not, it's not just going to be, you know, like you buy those ones at the grocery store and you light them on your, on your, on your driveway and it just goes, it's not that. Okay, we don't have those. We got, I mean, these are official. This is going to be awesome. Well, why would you do that? Because I cannot think of anything more to celebrate than new life in Jesus. And so you come and be ready. And we're going to let the whole community know, man, something's going on at Meadowbrook, all right? So, so come and be with us for that. Now, I've got to get back into this message, but uh, I want to take some moments on that. So our four conversations, they're with God, they're with self, they're with the enemy of our soul, and then they're with others. Today, I want to talk briefly about our conversation with God. Come on, read that with me. Conversation with God. Listen to me. This right here, this 
is the spring. This is the fountainhead of life-giving words that will now flow into every other area and arena of your life. I want to say it again. Conversation with God. That's the fountainhead. That's the, that's the spring where life-giving words are going to come into your life and then flow out into all the other arenas and areas and conversations of your life. This is absolutely crucial. So if there is any area of your life, hear me on this, any area of your life that you need to build, you need to fortify, or let me suggest this, or you need to improve, it'd be this. It'd be this, your conversations with God. Everything flows from there. Again, the direction of your life, the quality of your life, where you're going, how it's going, that's going to flow from this. Vital, vital, vital. Scripturally, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Second Chronicles 26.5, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper, thrive, and succeed. John 15, about the first 10 verses in John 15, the whole idea is this. He, he's the vine and we're the branches. and We're to abide in him. We're to, we're to be in that life flow exchange with him. Abide in him. He abides in you because without him you can do what? You can do nothing. And so we need to have that conversation, that communion, that connection with God through conversation. And when we do our, quote, devotions every day, did you know that I I just said do your devotions every day? And so when we're doing that, what we're doing is we're nurturing this and we're we're involving, we're participating ourselves in communication with God. So as I said, if you're going to improve something, I want to suggest there's some obvious things about conversation with God, but I want to suggest an area that we can improve in, okay? And here it'll be right here, listening. Are y'all listening? Okay. So, come on, read this with me. Listening. How many of you would admit, yeah, I could do a little better on on listening to God? Here's what I was thinking about. We're always asking God to do something, always asking him to fix something, always asking him to help with something, and he's glad to do that. He's willing. He's able. He invites us to do that. He's given us all kinds of promises. For every problem, there is a promise. So he's given us all kinds of promises to do that. But what if instead of just helping, fixing, or doing something, what if God, you ready for this? What if he just wanted to say something? What if he just wanted to say something in our, in our life? And think about this. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. He's for us. He knows stuff we could never know. He's able to declare the end from the beginning. God knows it all, y'all. That rhymed. And so it might be good for us to let him speak and for us to just listen. And see, this is something we need to explore for a few moments here so we can kind of learn how to do this. See, we need to learn to listen. The problem is not, typically is not that we haven't said enough. I think the problem a lot of times is we just haven't, we haven't listened like we need to to God. Uh, question for you. How many of you think some things could be different had you listened to God? I'm waiting on you. How many of you know you could have avoided some things had you listened to God? How many of you know some things could be a little more on track had I listened to God? How many things could be better if I'd listened to God? I mean, all the way across, and I think we know that. I think we admit that. 
that things could be quite different. Because without hearing from God, guess what? Then we make, we're making decisions. We're making decisions just like somebody who has no connection with God if we're not listening to God. So go back to this idea of intimacy with God. Intimacy requires conversation. So conversation is vital to intimacy. Guess what? Listening is vital to conversation. So listening is going to be a huge thing. Actually, the word conversation means living with or keeping company with. So this is very, very vital to all of this is that we're able to listen to God as well. Hear this. God speaks to those who want to hear from him. God speaks to those who want to hear from him. And I am sorry that Christian television sometimes has so misrepresented that. And people parade around as if they're having this open conversation where God is speaking into, you know, just right directly to them. I'm sorry that that throws some people off. It really does. But I want to show you the real deal way that even you, too, all of us, is not just an elite special crew that gets to hear from God. It's his sheep. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice, my sheep follow my voice. So if you're just one of his sheep, you know, we're going to hear and be able to follow his voice. But listen, God speaks to those who want to hear from him and God won't compete to be heard. You know, if you're binge watching on Netflix, you're probably not going to hear from God. He's not going to, we interrupt this program. That's probably not going to happen, y'all. You've got to want to. You've got to set apart some time. You've got to lean in. You've got to listen. You've got to invite him. And I'll remind you again, if you're a sheep, you can hear from God. Now, it's also been mis- misrepresented that we somehow hear him audibly. It's going to be extremely rare and questionable a lot of times if you're hearing him audibly. It's a metaphor in Scripture. It's a picture for us that we're hearing We're hearing on the inside. And God is a spirit. Those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Deep calls to deep. We could go throughout the Bible. Typically, God is going to speak. You ready for this? Spirit to spirit. And when God drops something into our spirit, too often we don't have words for it. So it takes a while for our soul to process that and wrap some words around what God put down in our hearts. So sometimes, you know, You've you got an open Bible and open hands, and you're awake in the morning coming before the Lord. Lord, I need you to speak to me on this situation. I find my experience, I often don't know right in that instant, sometimes yes, but typically no, that, wow, there's, there's my answer every morning. And that's what discourages a lot of people. I showed up, I had my Bible, I opened my hands, I said, God, speak to me, and I didn't hear nothing. Well, what you've got to realize, it's not going to be here. It's going to be here. And God will drop it down into your heart. And then over time and nurturing that, God's going to help you to wrap some words around it. And I'm telling you what, it won't necessarily be in that moment that you know what he said, but you will in the moment if you have invited him. I cannot tell you time after time after time after time, I've said, Lord, I really need to hear from you on this. God, I need to know what you, you have for me on this. Give me direction. Give me wisdom on this. And most of the time I get up then and I walk away. And I just know this by faith. I know he's put it down in my spirit because he won't leave me high and dry. And I cannot tell you how many times in the moment, boom, I know. 
I know, and it will show up there. Just a couple of weeks ago, I'm walking up the stairs up to the office area. Here is two flights of 12 stairs. I know that because I count them every time going up and, go, and going down. So even just me being OCD walking up the stairs. And that morning, I spent some time, God, I've got this situation. I, I, I need your answers. I need to hear you on this. And I just had an expectation at the right time, God will show me. I'm I'm telling you the truth. I'm walking up those stairs, and all of a sudden, boom. I knew entirely what to do for the situation. I went right to my desk. I sat down, and as the Bible talks, uh, the Bible talks about it was like I had the pen of a ready writer. And I was just able to write out a full page. Boom, there it was, just the answer. And I'm not that smart. And see, sometimes you say, well, yeah, I just figured it out. Don't flatter yourself. (laughs) You need to thank God that he gave you insight because there's things you and I don't know that God knows. He declares the end from the beginning. We need to hear from God. And you might not always, in this moment, I wish he'd told me something. Just by faith, realize he just put, he just dropped it in my spirit. At the right time, it's going to come up in the right way, wrapped around with the right words, and I'll know what to do. And so we need to do a better job of listening. Can the church say amen? amen. Now, we have two resources I want to remind you of, some series that we've taught before on these subjects that are going to help you. One was called Frequency, Hearing God's Voice Above the Noise. I would rec- recommend that you go back and listen or watch that. And the other one is called Prayerful prayerful. And this was really uh, streamlining how to really get into prayer. Both of these are available, uh, $27.95 each. You do know I'm joking, right? Totally free, totally free, totally free. Tell your neighbor, totally free, okay? I don't want that to get out. Yeah, pastor's selling these $27.95. They're available totally free. NBCOcala.com. You can go online into the archives or you can on the mobile app. And uh, the mobile app is forty-one ninety-five, and <laughs> free. Everybody say free. free. And again, it's because your generosity. We're able to do things like that and have technology to bring these back as as a resource. Now, quickly, I think it's obvious that we need to listen better. Also, obvious are how can I have conversation with God, the Bible, and prayer. I want to look at those just really, really quick this morning. So, first of all, the Bible. Come on, everybody, say the Bible. The Bible, this is the number one way that God speaks to us. It's the number one way that God speaks to us. It's God's word. What does that mean? It means it's God speaking to us. And when God speaks to you through his word, don't miss this. When God speaks to you through his word, it informs and it guides all other conversations. I will know self-talk that's healthy. I will know how to address the enemy of my soul. And it will guide me on how I can interact and have conversation with anybody, anybody, even unreasonable people. The Scripture will give you information and guidance on that. So the Bible. The second is this, prayer, prayer. And what prayer does, no, there you go, prayer. It's speaking and listening to God. It's not just you running in with your grocery list. It is speaking and listening to God. And let me just cut to the chase here. You need to read and pray daily. Read, come on, read it with me. Read and pray daily. Look at me real quick. Not optional. This is just not optional. This is not like, well, on my devotional checklist as a Christian, you know, and we just check that off that I read and I prayed. 
No, this is, this is vital. This is not optional. This is, how many of you know, for me, lunch is not optional, okay? But even more so, the prophet Jeremiah said, I desire, I require this more than my necessary daily food. This is so vital for your survival, for your guidance, for your success in life that you read and pray daily. And this is how God is going to be able to speak into your life. Our goal around here is to help you become more and more happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And can I tell you something? Without hearing from God, we don't know how to get there. We don't know how to get there without hearing from God. So let me end where I started today. Conversations. Conversations affect and determine the direction and the quality of your life. We have four areas of conversation. Our conversation with God. Our conversation with ourself, which we'll talk about next week. You do not want to miss next week. Conversation with the enemy of our soul. And our conversation with others. And conversation with God, that's the spring. That's the fountainhead of life-giving words coming into my life that can now flow out into every other area, arena, and conversation of my life. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.